The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hello and welcome to the Miles to Memories podcast. I'm Sean Coomer, your host, and we have another special show for you today. Jasmine Coomer, my wife, joined us last week on part one to discuss our backpacking days together. We took our six-year-old child, backpacked around the world, sold everything, did all that. We talk about some of our funnest stories from that time, and I highly recommend listening to that. This is part two of that conversation where we talk about more modern times, miles and points, where Miles to Memories came from, some of the cooler trips we've taken, plus our current semi-nomadic lives, what we're doing with our daughter now for homeschooling and how we're earning miles and points, her being a player too, and how she participates in the hobby. All of that coming up in this conversation. I hope you enjoy it. If you do like the podcast, don't forget you can find everything related to the podcast at mtmpodcast.com. We have links if you're applying for cards and want to support the show. You can find everything there, mtmpodcast.com. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you really enjoy this conversation. We spent the last 20 plus years traveling together, and I'm so excited that her story finally gets to be told here and hope she comes back often to share our travel adventures with you guys. Now, let's hit it. The effort to keep us on somewhat of a timeline here, I move on from that, but we came back from that trip and we sort of settled back into a normal life, and you went back into real estate, I went back into sales, and that didn't last very long for me. I I just wasn't doing all that well there, Uh, and eventually I decided to go out and figure out what I was going to do with my life that was not involving corporate America. And, you know, we took other trips through the years. Like in 2009, there was a Delta Mistake Fair where I got a round-trip airfare from Las Vegas to Madrid for $209 each. Oh, yeah. And uh, then we went to, we got to Atlanta. We had a connect in Atlanta, and they bumped us. We volunteered to get bumped, and we ended up with $1,800 in vouchers. And on that trip, we did Paris for the first time. Mm-hmm. We did Venice for the first time. And of course, we did Spain and did a whole road trip. Was that 2009? Spain. Yeah, that was in 2009, our mm. first trip there. Okay. And we used Ryanair and other cheap carriers to get around, and it was great. Yeah, was and then in 2013, when I finally left my job, we did three months of backpacking around Europe with our son, who at that time was now 13 years old. Mm. And it was a different experience. We backpacked all throughout Eastern Europe. But by this time, we were getting into miles and points. And so yeah, it wasn't I didn't have enough to sustain three months of us traveling. But I know that we sometimes when we would get a good deal, like I remember there was an IHE Point Breaks deal we, in Warsaw. We did that. Also in Bucharest, there was this Crown Plaza in yeah. Bucharest, Romania. Remember, it was like so far out from the yeah. center. Yeah. And we walked by their fake version of the Arc de Triomphe every day <laughs> to and from the metro stop. Uh, so we did that, the Radisson Blue and Sophia. That Bavaria. was really nice, Very the nice. Radisson Blue. I remember there was a wedding and it was especially like decorated and it was beautiful. You look at the fountain on the front, it was just, was it that, that Radisson Blue with the fountain yeah. in the front? Yeah, because it was beautiful. It was great. I, and we had a room where we can see the front and we can also hear all the noise of those party goers. It was crazy. It was amazing. That was, that was a nice 
a nice, nice hotel, though. Yeah. And that, that, I don't know about now, but... <laughs> it was a Radisson Blue. So people out there who know what the level of Radisson Blue in Europe... For us, it was really nice. For us, it was, yeah. yeah. I mean, we, we stayed in certainly nicer, but it was definitely a step up because we were staying in a lot of guest houses. And the way I would save money on that was because our son was over the child age in many of the countries and hotels, uh-huh. is that I would go on like booking.com. And at that time, they had the best listing of all like independent places. Mm. And so you'd have all the guest houses on there. So I would just go look at what the prices were. And then I would just email the or go on their Facebook or try to find a way to contact them and go directly to them and say, look, this is what we're doing. I know you charge X for kids. Maybe sometimes I would negotiate price. Sometimes yeah. I would just say, give us the kid for free at the price you're charging. Plus, we're going to go direct. Mm-hmm. And that really worked out. So we stayed in some some amazing things. I've talked about that that uh, yeah. guest house we stayed at in Sarajevo with the smoking lady and her. Oh, my God. That's your story? <laughs> I told that story. <laughs> that's another story. <laughs> I can, that smell is like we burned into my brain. That. Oh, my God. Yeah, so uh, I've told that on a previous podcast, but basically it was this three-room guest house, and the lady who ran it smoked like a chimney. And so just just think of it as like covered mm-hmm. in smoke. It really was bad. And we had arranged it because we were getting into Sarajevo late. It was late, We had arranged yeah. it ahead of time, and so and we were only there for like two nights. We got there really late the first night and ultimately decided not to switch for the second night, which was a mistake because <laughs> when we came back after going out in Sarajevo all day incredible Sarajevo but yeah. an incredible city like just beautiful the where World War One started so much history they have like a walking tour that we did and we got back and this woman had just gone to the bathroom and the entire place smelled and that combined with the smoke is the single worst thing I've ever smelled in my life and we couldn't escape it because we were in our room it was horrible and the whole thing smelled and it was already too late to try to get another place and we were leaving the next morning it's, you talk about being homesick. Those are the moments where that you're, when you're like, I just want to be home. I don't care. No, but like, no, but seriously, like that was something really crazy. But, but I mean, we still push through it. I mean, those are the things that when you're like, why am I doing this? And then, then you see why, because, you know, because everything, there's a lot of things that people or at least uh, we want to see. I want to see more like. You know, and talking about, we don't go as hard as we did when we were backpacking, but honestly, with Sean, you go hard. It's not, he, he doesn't stop. It, it just, he goes, when, I think when there's a place that we really want to see, which is a lot, we just wake up and do it. And sometimes when we don't do it, he's there to remind you that we're there for a reason and we get up and go. But yeah, it, sometimes... You say we're going to slow down, but in reality, you don't because there's places that you haven't seen or there's places that you want to see for the second time or the third time. But, yeah. But we have slowed down a lot. Uh, I think well, naturally. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes. Yeah, I mean, true. the the 20-something-year-old Sean would, would go all the time. But I think that you have that same desire to see things. It's just mm-hmm. you're more maybe more practical when it comes to, to energy and putting limits on stuff. And, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say that. I don't get upset when we're when we're somewhere to be do something, and then all of a sudden <laughs> the plans are trying to change. And, uh, yeah. But I mean, overall, it's it's a pretty good time. But let's get into like the miles and points part of our travel because I started writing miles and memories in late 2013. Uh, actually, started writing it before that because I started writing again when we did our backpacking trip through Europe in early 2013. Yeah. But it was still called Family Around the World. Mm-hmm. And what's really interesting, if people want to go back to miles and memories and go to back to the oldest posts. All of my posts from backpacking in 2007, 2008, everything I've written is all on the site 
which, you know, I don't recommend going back and doing it, but if you want to see a daily log of family travel and what it was mm -hmm. like, it's all there kind of preserved. But by, by that point, I'm starting to get into miles and points. We do the backpacking trip and I go, uh, I, I decide that I'm going to make a go of this. And I remember I actually applied a million mile secrets was hiring for an editor and I applied for, for that. And then they, I was one of the finalists for that. So they flew me out to Austin and I guess the, the company has been sold now, but basically the job was to write everything in the voice of the author because he wanted to have multiple people writing in his very unique style. Oh. And so that I wouldn't be able to write under my name or anything like that. And uh, in talking to him years later, he said that in that moment when he met me, he knew I wanted to do my own thing and I wasn't a good fit because I didn't want to write under his voice. I would have taken the job. Let's not say I wouldn't have taken the job, uh, but they didn't choose me. And that worked out really well, but it gave me the confidence to say, hey, I can do this. And I kind of made the decision that I'm going to pivot and we're going to write about miles and points and all of the stuff that we were doing. And then I couldn't figure out a name. I was trying to figure out a name. And I swear to God, one night at like two in the morning, I woke up miles to memories. I, and I, I even remember being like, that's pretty good. I went right to like to Google domains, whatever I used to register domains and searched it and it was available and I bought it right at two in the morning, all groggy. And the next day I kind of chewed on it and that eventually became the name of the site. And that came at a time where we were using miles and points a lot. We were still traveling. I think this is really the transition, right? We did that European trip where we still down. stayed in a lot of guest houses and stuff, but we were using miles and points. And I think by the end of that year, we had trans transitioned to using miles and points to fund almost all of our travels, our flights, yeah. everything else. And I guess we talked about San Francisco being your dream destination, but mm -hmm. your other dream destination was Hawaii. That was my my little kid dream, my Hawaiian trip. But I didn't know that Hawaii existed. I don't even know where it was. I just know Hawaii. Maybe I saw it on TV show, but that was always my dream. And I and my my some of my dreams were uh, I'm gonna marry this tall white man with blue eyes. And I have brown eyes. So. <laughs> he has brown eyes. <laughs> But, uh, and then I also had that dream of Hawaii. So that was my two things. And then here I end up with this guy and my Hawaiian, my Hawaiian dream. And how is that possible? I, I, it's destiny. You know, <laughs> I don't know. It, he doesn't have blue eyes, but I like his eyes. All right. So let's talk. <laughs> let's pivot. I, I don't think that, that the average person cares about my eye color, but I appreciate that very much. And I love you. I love you too. Uh, but our first trip, yeah, I knew Hawaii was a big thing for you. Yeah. And so that was a big focus. And this was also in 2013. After our backpacking trip, months later, we came back home and we planned this Hawaii thing. And this was also at a time where you could do a little bit more with elite status. And at the time, Hyatt was not World of Hyatt like it is now. Yeah. It was Hyatt Gold Passport. And they had a status challenge where you could challenge to diamond status, which was their equivalent of like globalists today, their top tier status, but you didn't need to do anything. So you needed to stay a certain number of times within 90 days to keep it, but you could match and they would give you the status for 90 days. So hmm. I never had the intention of actually earning the status. I just wanted to, to match before our Hawaii trip so that we would get the top tier benefits. And also at that time, if you applied for the World of Hyatt credit, well, it wasn't the World of Hyatt credit card, the Hyatt credit card at the time, and you were a globalist, a, a diamond. And you, were, yeah. and you were a diamond, then you got your two free nights in a suite. So it was like right before a Hawaii trip, 
do the status challenge to get you uh, diamond status, yeah. and then apply for the Hyatt credit card to get the two free nights in the suite, which we then used at the Park Hyatt Tokyo, the world famous uh, mm. Park Hyatt Tokyo, which was amazing. Um, but Hawaii, That's when so yeah, so we started that right there. So in Hawaii, we redeemed ultimate rewards, and we stayed. I want to say three or four nights at the Hyatt Regency in Maui, and then we redeemed Hilton points and certificates. Uh, from I think from the right. city reserve card mostly back then yeah. uh, for uh, three or four nights at the uh, Waldorf Astoria Grand Wailea, which is a Hilton property. Yeah. Which to this day I still think is the best pool of any hotel I've ever stayed at. <laughs> it is. But I remember pulling up to that Hyatt, and then you know we, this was our first time ever having like mm. top tier status. That's pretty nice. And it just felt so good. I mean, you got it, that. Yeah. Yeah, it was special. Right, special lays at that time for yeah. diamond members. And they didn't give suite upgrades back then on that program. It's when they moved to Globalist that you got suite upgrades. But we got a preferred room, so we had a beautiful ocean view. Yeah. Um, and they give you a welcome gift. And I remember it was like this tuna sort of thing, like sushi tuna thing that yeah. was delicious. It was really good. And, you know, we had lounge access. I think that might... Did we have that, lounge access? Yeah. yeah, we did. Yeah. Yeah. We had lounge access, which... We had had sometimes in, in Europe, like I remember we stayed in Prague at a Hilton. Yeah, that was, oh, that got was really good. drunk in the lounge yeah. talking to this guy who worked at IBM. I'll, I'll never forget that. But uh, so we had had lounge access before, but it just felt really good to finally be in Hawaii, to be doing it right, free, right? Not paying. I mean, yeah. we're talking four or $500 a night rooms, yeah. not paying. Then we did the Grand Wailea with the awesome beach and, uh, and pool. And we didn't have any status at the time with Hilton, so we just got what we got. But it was yeah, still it was great. Still really nice. Yeah. yeah, and it was just an incredible trip. I mean, it would have been four or five thousand dollars. I don't even know what it would have cost. Eight nights on Maui, mm -hmm. flights, all of that was paid for with miles and points. And it was like the first sort of realization that we could do this, and you can have these amazing experiences, these higher end experiences. And I feel like our life has sort of been balancing our two worlds of travel. Ever since then, where I will say that we do like to stay in nice hotels now compared to like guest houses. Yeah, it, I mean that was a real dream come true that Hawaiian vacation, all pay, and you know it was amazing. But yeah, I I feel like I don't know if I can do a hostel <laughs> like at the moment. I think I would just walk away if I. But if I have to do it, you know, I will do it. It doesn't really matter. But yeah, we we like to we like. You know, we like to travel with points. That's that's what it is. Free is better. There you go. Free is better. And that we're currently kind of transitioning. So we've done a lot of trips over the years. I'm not going to go over every trip we did. I feel like <laughs> that sort of is symbolic of our journey from backpackers, from really hardcore and doing it with a kid and feeling that that was an incredible experience and not regretting it in any way to today. We mm -hmm. like to stay in nice hotels when we can. We do go off the beaten path occasionally and we will stay in less nice hotels. Yeah. Feel sorry for ourselves for yeah. a couple of nights. But that's sort of where we are today. And in 2021, we made the decision to become semi-nomadic again. And this is a distinction, I would say, from our trip back in 2007, where we sold everything. This was a decision to spend part of the next couple of years traveling, good parts of the next couple of years traveling but also keeping our home base, but also our daughter, who we have not mentioned as of this point, like it brought her <laughs> I, right, story, I know. <laughs> uh, right. is the same age. So in 2015, 
we had another child. So our first, our son was born in 2000. And then 15 years later, we had a daughter, Elizabeth. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we had been trying, what, for a few years and it wasn't successful. Then when we least expected it, yeah, she came. That's she came. The, the story that so many people say. But she's a really great traveler and she's been traveling since she was a baby. So she's oh, yeah. well adapted. And with COVID and coming out of it and, you know, the, we made a decision to, to travel more this year. And she's exactly the same age as he was, like almost to the day. It's like a month and a half difference yeah. from when we started with him to starting with her. So we're experiencing this in different parts of our lives, but with a different child and doing it all over again, which is really interesting. And it's been fun and there's been challenges. She's definitely more challenging to travel with than he was. Oh, yeah. Uh, because she's very like type A and very assertive and she has opinions on everything. But she's also really likes travel and she's really kind of taken to it. She loves roller coasters, all that stuff. But it's been different because we have a home base here. For me, it's been difficult. I feel torn between the two. Whereas before you didn't, I mean, we lived on the road. That was our life. Yeah. That was our work, our job. Believe me, when you're backpacking, you're traveling like that. It's a job from the planning to figuring out what's next to just having to adapt to new places all the time, dealing with transport, all of that stuff. It's a job. And so that was our life for a long period of time. It's felt a little different this time. But I want to talk about homeschooling because I think a lot of people are apprehensive about taking their kids on the road or don't or think they're going to miss something or something like that. Back when our son was a kid traveling with us, I homeschooled him for the most mm -hmm. part. I mean, we've always done it where we both pitch in. So it's never mm -hmm. been 100% one or the other of us. But I homeschooled him for the most part. And mm -hmm. we, when we withdrew him from school, they said, well, you're, take, you're moving away. You're taking him out of school. You don't need to do anything, right? And then when we brought him back, they wanted to, they made him test out of the grade. They basically said we had no documentation and they were trying to hold him back. Yeah. Well, um, it was, he, he was ahead of everybody anyway. It doesn't really matter, but like they tried to give us a hard time. So this time we were trying to do it by, by the rules and what I'm doing is I, um, teaching her a curriculum that is online and we just go by that day by day to, you know, present the documents to the school if we ever come to to have to show. So this time it's much different. We're more more careful, I guess, because we had such a hard time when we got back to normal life to get him back in school. It was really hard. And this time we just have everything um we just have all the documents we needed if it comes to that. But if they're going to give us a hard time, they're going to do it. So it doesn't really matter. But we're prepared for that. Um, and when it comes to homeschooling her, it's, it is challenging because most of the time we, we don't have access to Internet or we're on the road doing something. But, I mean, we're, we just it's easy because you can do it on your own time. Uh, you can, if you come to the room at, like, three o'clock you can work on it and be done by now with this little girl she's different but you can get it done in three hours she takes a lot of breaks and and she and she follows everything but on her own timing which is it's fine when you're on the road but when you're at home working and other things it's kind of difficult but honestly this is much easier with Sean Reese um like Sean said it was more like he 
he Sean did all the schooling and this time I'm doing it with Elizabeth and I'm finding it at some points hard because of her, not because of that not because of the the program. It's her. She's she wants to take breaks. But I do talk to other moms that are homeschooling and and that's what kids do. They take a lot of breaks and but it's it it it's not hard. It's very easy. If your child cooperates with yeah. it. I think some of the challenge of homeschooling on the road is the same as at home, is that your child, right? And it's yeah. not easy to teach your children. And God bless all the people who homeschool their kids all the way through school. It's definitely not for us. Nope. So homeschooling is a means to an end. It allows us to travel, and it's certainly easier when they're young. And this is a, a good time to do it, I think, because in public school or in school, they're learning at a slower pace than they really could. And so... This year she would be in second grade. We've been teaching her to third grade. It's not a struggle for her at all uh, because you're teaching one student one-on-one, so you're able to move at a different pace. But it's challenging, and it's challenging to find time to do it, and it's challenging to find patience, and sometimes you're tired, and sometimes things get left behind. But also the world is full of education, and the world is full of so many cool things, and her mind is so open to all of that. Right now, you know, part of her curriculum, she has geography and all that. And when she learns about countries she hasn't been to, instantly she identifies with things that she wants to go see in those countries. And for her, it's not some like, maybe someday I'll go. It's like, right now, today, she's like, I, 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 I can't wait for Japan, you know. How many hours, Dad, is going to take us on the flight? Yeah, exactly. That's what she said. How long is the flight to Japan going to be? And I was like, oh, you're going to Japan. And, and she, she, she knows what she wants to eat, too. She yeah, knows. she knows the food and... and that, that, I feel like, is the education that's so valuable for them. And is it's not that difficult to keep them at their level. Uh, and there's obviously families that have done it much longer term, that have done it for longer periods of time. It is difficult. With our son back in 2013, we did take him out of school. Uh, I think it was in seventh grade for the second semester so we could take that trip. Mm-hmm. That was a little bit more difficult. But I think, as you mentioned, technology has gotten better. In 2007, there wasn't a lot of resources and so we did mostly like paper stuff. And mm-hmm. by 2013, when we did it for our son, we had everything documented online and now everything is as well. So I think most of the challenge in homeschooling on the road is in the personalities of the girl, and the, yeah, in the energy level. Because if you're traveling, you're tired and now you still have to make sure that they get those basic skills. You can't ignore that. But yeah, hugely rewarding. And it's hugely rewarding to show your kids, you know, these things and to have them grow up. I'm not... I remember like going to the Great Wall of China for the first time. And mm-hmm. I had always, you know, read about the Great Wall of China and wanted to visit there and oh someday I'll go to the Great Wall of China. And then I was standing there for the first time. And I guess this is a benefit of us because we hadn't traveled a lot. So all of our first experiences were also mm-hmm. his. Yeah. So we we're experiencing so I'm standing on the Great Wall of China and it was funny because <laughs> there's not a lot of like Western children on the Great Wall of China and so everybody wanted to take their picture with either us or our son. Uh, but Standing there, just having this realization, like, I'm at the Great Wall of China. And yeah. then also realizing that my son is there, too, and that he'll have grown up having known this and and understanding that there's things beyond, you know, just the, the smaller life that we live at home. And that was incredible. I had similar thoughts at seeing the Eiffel Tower for the first time with him and countless yeah. other things. That we think. You know, Angkor Wat and all kinds of other stuff. So. It really is an incredible way to do it, but it's been more challenging and we're still figuring it out. I have to work almost full time while we're doing this. So try and now my workload is even more. So trying to find time, as you pointed out, I like to go, 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 go. Mm-hmm. 
and we're trying to figure out how to travel a little bit slower and sustain it. But last year, we paid for our entire travel with miles and points. There were times where we had to pay cash. I earned more points to be able to offset that to redeem for cash. So we are in the uh, you know in the positive cash flow wise. That's all of our flights. That's all of our hotel nights. I think I didn't add them all up, but we ended up spending about seven months of last year gone, <laughs> including uh, what we can talk about next as we get ready to close this out. And we'll probably have you back because mm-hmm. I do think as we travel this year, it'd be great to have you come on occasionally and we can talk about some of the stuff we did instead of me just conveying the stories. Uh, you can do it. But cruising, right? We've been on... <laughs> oh, gosh. I <laughs> like cruising. Cruises. I like cruising. Yeah. I mean, that, I think that's something that's interesting because there's... there's in the cruise world, right, there's people that just go on cruises, right? Yeah. That's all they do. That's all they travel. And people like to say, I can't understand how people just go on cruises. You're just in a port for a day, you know. And then you have, like, the Disney part where people just go to Disney. That's their yeah. vacation every year. And we, we love that, too. Yeah. And then there's, like, people who just, you got to be a hardcore traveler and you got to do this and that. And we do some of that. Yeah. I feel like we have a great balance of the way that we travel. And I appreciate cruises for what they are, the ability to... Maybe get off the boat and see a few things. Like we were just in Mazatlan last week, our first time there. We had done two previous Mexican Riviera cruises when Mazatlan was closed off to cruise ships. So they spent a couple of days in Cabo, I think, instead, and Puerto Vallarta. We had been too many times. Yeah. But Mazatlan is our first time. We didn't. I don't think we needed to spend a week in Mazatlan, but we got off the boat. We saw the cliff divers, which That's was so amazing. cool. Uh, you all you could do is talk crap about how they weren't as tall as the cliffs in Acapulco. Or <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I was a kid and I don't remember. But yeah, I'm gonna. I have to go see that. Yeah. But it was crazy. It was great to see that get off the ship, and then you're just sailing at sea. I love being at sea. We did that two week transatlantic cruise earlier this year, which has always been on my bucket list. And nine sea days, and I didn't get sick of the sea at all. I was Not me. so happy mm-hmm. of that. It was it was my favorite cruise I've ever done. But we spent, I keep forgetting the number, it was like 55 nights on cruise ships this year. Almost two full months. Almost two full yeah, months. Seven cruises. I thought it was like 52. Yeah, but... Might have been 52. Yeah. It's in the 50s somewhere. Yeah. Uh, just shy of two months. So yeah. that's a whole other way of travel. And, you know, what are your thoughts on, on cruises? As I think this year we're probably going to have... More. Four or five at least. Well, I love cruising. Um, I love the babysitting. <laughs> I, I love the kids club. I finally get to have a little bit of time to ourselves. And um, I mean, I, I I don't know. I think that's a good way to a good way to go. You know, cruising is good. It's funny because on this last cruise we just did the week before Christmas, and you know that's a time for like families to travel. And there was a lot of families on board, and people have their busy lives, right? So this is their time to be together. And like our time on cruise ships, our daughter loves the kids club. Yep. Like we don't ever force her to go to the kids club. She loves to be in the kids club uh, and pretty much is there as much as she can be. But I joke with Jasmine because we're traveling together so much. So we're spending 24 hours a day together yeah. that on a cruise ship, we're kind of like trying to get apart. And like she's trying to go have her kids fun and we're trying to, you know, have fun on our own. And like on that ship, everybody was trying to spend time with their kids and stuff like that. But we were... Uh, we were abandoning our child. I don't know in the t- in the kids. No, program. I don't think so. I think everybody was abandoning their <laughs> child because there was light. The line was huge yeah, yeah, to get true. into the club. But yeah, no, I think a lot of parents are doing the same thing. But it was know? a great benefit. I mean, yeah. through this year, 
it's sort of a good relief valve. You go on a cruise, that you slow down your pace. Uh, you get those days and where you you're get at babysitting. Sea. Yeah, you get babysitting. You get to see that the relaxation of being at sea. I'm not going to say that some of the food didn't get redundant over the year. It did. I'm not going to say that some of the like activities. Like I was always a person that would always go to trivia. Right? I haven't been on a trip and trivia. You are. Yeah, you didn't even go to trivia this not trip. That's crazy. Three, three or four cruises. No way. Didn't even go to karaoke on this last. That trip. is insane. So I'm for starting you. to get a little like tired of that stuff. But then I just like on this last cruise, I filled a lot of my time by just sitting out looking at the water. Talking to me. Yeah, we, we talked <laughs> we talk and about everything. And, and, and things and, uh, you know, going to the casino to charge our credit card, uh, which yeah. is a, a fun little strategy, which I won't go into too much more, but I've talked about on our cruise hacking show. So, yeah, it's been it's been an incredible 23 years of travel. Mm-hmm. We've taken our kids along for the journey. Ultimately, it's our journey, though, right? I feel like. Our son is now grown, and so he's not with us most of the time when we're traveling. He wants to. <laughs> he, <laughs> he was. He was. Part, <laughs> he was part of that for a chapter, and our daughter will eventually grow. But this is our legacy from those first days, that first trip going to Disneyland in Southern California to San Francisco being the big, big trip for us. That was to you know achieving going to Hawaii for the first time, to backpacking and seeing all wonders of the world, and achieving that. And I started Miles to Memories, or the idea of Miles to Memories was about taking these things and then turning them into the memories. And, you know, you, you know I love to look through photos, right? I take, oh, my I, God, I, take so I many photos. I take so many photos and I look for them. But it's imp- I enjoy the, the things afterwards as much as I do. But I also try to stop in the moment, especially in big places. I remember uh, we were backpacking on our original trip and I had read a bunch of books before we traveled, mm-hmm. right, from other travelers and things like that. And one of the things I had read, and this is pretty common advice now, is to stop and enjoy the moment. Yeah. And I remember we were in Palenque, which are these yeah. famous ruins in Mexico, which a lot of Americans probably don't know about, but they're really incredible ruins. And we were standing there, and I took a picture of my son, and I put my camera down, and I looked at it, and I said, wow, like... I try to do that as much as possible. Not always able to do it. You try to do that when we were at the cliff diving. You say, I'm going to just look at this. I'm not going to record it. Well, because I had already recorded it. Did you end up doing that or not? I don't know if you did or not, but you're like, I'm going to stop right now and I'm going to enjoy the moment. That's it. It was good. Well, you got to do that. I mean, as my job has progressed and I'm taking videos, every hotel room we go to, I have to take pictures and I'm documenting our lives in that way, and that does get a little daunting sometimes. Um, so I do try to to do it. Uh, what's funny there, so we saw three different cliff divers, and I filmed it from two different positions the first two times. But the third time, I was like, I'm going to just watch it. I want to yeah. see it with my own eyes. But what I did was, because I, I realized I didn't have pictures that, that were really great. So I by that time, we knew what their signal was, so I knew mm-hmm. kind of what to do. So I kind of framed the camera down here, kind of below my eye level, and I just used my finger uh, on the thing to auto trigger. And I just, as soon as he started jumping, I was hitting the button like this to like take a bunch of pictures. Oh, but okay. I wasn't watching the screen at all. I was watching just him. Just watching him, yeah. So I got to do both experiences. But yeah, that's a difficult one. But it's, it's so important. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, miles and points, we hold tons of elite status. You know, I talk about Frontier. You've had to fly Frontier a million times the last couple of years because of our status. But mm-hmm. we're paying dirt cheap prices. And, you know, it's possible whether you, you want to be crazy like us and, you know, be semi-nomadic or whatever. I feel like, you know, we, we really came from nothing. And 
even though we didn't know it at the time, we always had these predispositions for traveling and for doing these fun things. And it's turned it into like an incredible lifetime of doing it. And over the period of time, like, I guess we can finally call ourselves travelers or do we earn that? Did we earn that <laughs> travel know, card? No, probably. No, did we yeah, earn that, yeah, that travel I, think, card? I think so. I think so. You know, I never thought that I will be doing this, but like one of my sisters brought it up and she said, what are you talking about? You've always been doing that since I was a kid. I was always either in Acapulco or in a little town that we moved to. And every chance I got, I went to Acapulco to see things and to just go around and they say, you, you're as crazy as he is. So it, it doesn't, it's in like literally your blood. So I guess, yeah, we can. Well, we're not crazy. <laughs> I would say the people who are afraid to go anywhere are the crazy ones. <laughs> or they all see us and they're like, oh, these are the crazies. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it does, uh, it's, it's an interesting thing to have to deal with uh, some of the support, I'd say, but also some of the judgment that you do. Uh, I think we've had a little bit of both. On our first trip, I remember telling people back then that, you know, we're young parents and saying that we were going to travel. I think we were largely supported in that. Yeah, our friends based, our friends did support us. I don't know about our family that much. But I think they did, but I don't think that they were too... They were, like, they I, I don't think they, they, they thought it was going to work out, I guess. Our, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't remember them being against it, but I don't remember a full amount of support. We had incredible friends. We had like the whole going away party <laughs> yeah, thrown for us yeah. with uh, with friends, and everybody was excited for our. They journey. believed us, and they read about everything that we did as we went. And uh, you know, and I still have friends who just understand that this is part of my journey and our journey, and also part of my journey is sharing it and yeah. like sharing that it's possible. And every week we come up here and talk about miles and points, credit cards. Sometimes it's boring, sometimes it's not, but you know, like. Nobody can take away those travel memories. Nobody can take away those experiences and finding ways to do it, finding ways to see the world, opening ourselves up to other cultures, being in a mixed culture relationship ourselves. It's just been so part of our lives and it's the best part of my life looking back is the, the not the travel, it's the traveling with my family, making those memories, building a life together and you know continuing to do it now despite the craziness of the world and trying to figure out in a way that makes sense for us in our 40s compared to our 20s, which isn't so easy, right? It's not so easy. I, I, I long for the days where everything I owned sat in a 5 by 10 storage unit. It was very simple, right? There was no baggage. Nothing. We just were wherever we were in the world. Sometimes people didn't know. They knew generally where we were, but we weren't in communication with people all the time. Nobody was sending us messages all the time. We were just there in the world mm -hmm. back then. And sometimes I just long for that. I do appreciate some of the things that are different now. I love me a good hotel. I love me a good elite status. I love a good suite upgrade. Presidential suites are nice too, but I don't know. I, I, I miss that sort of just being out there on the road, being that wandering traveler, meeting other wandering travelers. And that's a different side that we don't see often in miles and points. And hopefully we were able to share some of that that's, with you. Yeah. Because it's uh, it's been really cool. A lot of cool. I mean, the show is already way longer than it was supposed to be. So we have to cut <laughs> it down. I did want to talk about you being a player too in the hobby. So maybe I'll have to bring you back for another show for that. Because you've, during this time of the last few years, we built a reselling business of which you run the warehouse. Uh, you've helped generate millions of miles and points either through <laughs> involuntarily mm -hmm. signing up for credit cards, but also helping with spend and all of that. And I feel like there's a good perspective there. So we maybe will hit that on a, in a future show. And then 
hopefully bring you back as we travel this year and maybe recap every once in a while some of the cool things that we did, some of the cool things we can tell other people about, cool hotels, cool yeah. other things, cruise ships, whatever. Things to see. Yeah, so that's, that's going to do it, I think, for this week's show. That's our backstory. Married for almost 23 years. In March, wow. it'll be 23 Amazing. years. Both basically on our own as teenagers. Yeah. Came together, found our love of travel, found our love of Disney and roller coasters and <laughs> cruise ships and Hawaii. Hawaii, That's for our sure. favorite yeah, place, that's yes. That's our favorite Hawaii place. Hawaii is our happy place. Yeah. Although, I didn't mention it earlier, but we did spend a couple weeks in Fiji back oh, in the yeah, back that, days yeah. where we were four hours from the mainland, like yeah. just in such a remote place and... Yeah, the, the the good times. So many good memories. You're going back to <laughs> the storytelling again. No, no, no more storytelling. Okay. Uh, just want to thank you for all these years of travel. Thank you for becoming more involved. You're going to be more involved in our Diamond Group planning events. Yeah. Where we're going to be meeting up with members and yeah. helping to build this community out even more and sharing what we, uh, sharing See. our, uh, yes, yeah, sh- just sharing our message and our our love of this stuff and it's so cool to connect with everybody out here there who listens and everybody who's in our diamond group who shares similar passions some people come from completely different areas some people don't travel that often but everybody has this great love of travel and every story i just told every remote place every crazy thing they all have stories equal or greater and that's the best I thing i can't wait to there's hear no that. Yeah. there's no gloating there's no bragging there's no i think i i, I can I won't speak for you, but I say everything I've said in this show out of complete humility. I'm so blessed and so grateful that I've had the opportunity to travel as much as I have to create those memories. It's been a blessing for me and a blessing to do it alongside of you. And, you know, I I am so happy about that. So telling these stories is just a matter of joy. And then listening to other people who tell me about crazy places or knowing people who have been to every country in the world. I'm the crazy travel guy. And like to our friends and family who know us, but I'm surrounded by crazy travel people who are all crazier, and that's fun to see. And are we the crazies now? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I think we're, we get an honorable mention uh, at least, but there's there's some crazy travelers out there in, in our group. That's good. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm happy. You know, I'm happy to do this with you as well. I mean, it's been amazing. It's been a long ride, and it's just going to continue to go as much as we can. I mean... Until we uh, kill each other on the road. <laughs> no, <day>. Seriously? So, <laughs> yeah. so we jump off the cruise? <laughs> no, no, no. But uh, that's, we'll leave it at that. Again, if you like this show, you can find everything we do at mtmpodcast.com. I'm at Miles to Memories all over social media. You can follow me there. Jasmine really not on social media, but she is in our Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash Miles to Memories. And uh, you can hit her up there. And uh, she'll be more visible in our groups and, like I said, in our Diamond group. And uh, that's going to do it for this week's show. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you next time. Bye, Jasmine. Bye. Thanks for having me. See you guys on the other side.